0: that we actually do measure temperature before every take
1: well you have to yeah you see the membrane in a standard shure sm58 microphone will freeze over at anything below yawn um that's (laughs) also not true objectively. objectively hey get closer to your mic oh okay here i am don't focus on the driving too much
0: why would I focus on the driving? That's the only thing keeping us Because we almost
1: got killed last week. We almost got, well, actually. Well, the person beside us almost got killed. but it And might... actually, it wasn't last week. That's Maybe right. we should
0: say apologies for that real quick.
1: Yeah. We went on a bunch of vacations because uh, there are things that are more important in life than you.
0: Like our family? The listener.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like. We, we went on vacation with our family. It was actually really good. Yeah. It was, just, uh, had a great time. Enough said about that. Uh, I'm thankful post-Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. For the winter, because your car has heat, because it's literally always about to catch on fire, Mm -hmm. and uh, not great A.C., so this is a better time of the year. Do you need a little more heat? Oh, no, I'm good. I'm wearing a a million coats and a scarf. (laughs) Alright, so, it's been a while, we're back, and... We're going to talk about something that we haven't really talked about yet on the podcast. We've been focused mostly on the politics and the current political climate. Right. But today, we're we are going talk to talk about weed. <laughs> That's right. Today, <laughs> we're going to talk about exclusively jazz cigarettes. <laughs> everyone is going to think that I'm a huge pothead. I know, because he keeps saying jazz cigarettes, and everyone goes, What's that? And then we remind them every time. It's like a pothead from the 30s came back. Here um, he is. No, we're gonna no. To talk about religion.
0: Yes, a very, very stark contrast. <laughs> yes, where I yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, so. um,
1: Jesus, he may or may not have smoked pot. Honestly, the Bible doesn't really say; it's not clear.
0: Oh, oh, okay. I was like, okay. I don't think it ever talks about Jesus smoking anything in the Bible. If I'm, if my memory is accurate, I don't think he inhales. As far as what's written down. Nothing's there that says he
1: inhaled any, like, substances. Well, fair enough. But Moses did burn some bush. Okay. Now, <laughs> that, okay. that's just a fact. Yeah. You can't get upset with that. Well,
0: he didn't burn it. God did.
1: All right. So, God helped him. All right. Fair enough. God smoked him out. <laughs> God smoked him out. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. But Anyhow, playing with the levels a little bit. Okay. And so, there's a bunch of boring things you can talk about Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, you go to a church sem- seminar and they'll talk about who God is. Right. Well, it's pretty straightforward in the Bible. It talks about his characteristics. Of course, you can't know everything, but you know, you you can learn a lot of things about him or uh, or what's another question that they'll ask? Um, you know, why why God lets good things happen why to bad God, people. Yeah, like why is there s- and vice sickness versa. and cat cat Catastrophes. Right. I don't think I did a good job with that at all. Catastrophes. Yep, there we are. Um. So anyway, today we're going to talk about something different. Yeah. Uh, something that doesn't get talked about enough. We're going to talk about what God is. Yeah, that's,
0: that's exactly it. it. I think we're going to... I think the best way to do that is to kind of start off the conversation with, like, the basics, right? Be- well, and you kind of did this, Chris, is the Bible's really useful on several different levels of analysis absolutely and i think the best way is if we start like lower and work our way up in this one
1: because oh, okay so just a level set yeah this is going to get into some theoretical physics right uh especially some string some some string theory quantum string theory how which does is string work how do you shoes <laughs> stay tied Exactly. Yeah. That's not God. Right at all.
0: That's God. We're
1: done. And when you saw only one pair of shoelaces, he was carrying you. Oh. Um. Literally, Jared and I, my roommate Jared and I cannot stop saying that. Uh, ever, uh, oh really? Any juncture that terrible poem about like how come in my hardest moments I saw only one pair of footprints on the beach. I was That's when you. I was carrying you. Useful at different levels of analysis. <laughs> we we say that constantly. Yeah. Um. So. We're going to get into some some uh, quantum string theory, which is, is a theoretical explanation of everything, if you will, uh, based on the findings of quantum mechanics, which quantum mechanics is often called the theory of everything. It effectively solves for X, where X is the motion of particles on an extremely small scale that Einstein's theory of relativity didn't account for. Um, because... Einstein's theories mostly treat things as either wave or particle, and we discovered later with more sophisticated technology that there are objects that are so small that they move with the characteristics of both a particle and a wave, and we call those quantums. Right? Yep. So that's effectively, and we're not going to go that deep into the hard science, but we're going to talk about some theories surrounding it. So, do you want to stop start there, or did you want to start somewhere else?
0: Oh, I want. I think we have to start off like even we have to start back like maybe 10,000 steps back okay so uh i think we got to talk about you know just the bare bones characteristics of god that we get out of the bible right
1: right and just for people who haven't listened to a previous episode we're talking about the judeo-christian god that one the god of abraham Abraham, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What's an Abraham? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We're talking about uh, Yahweh, yeah. if you're allowed to say it. Yeah, but it's fine. I added the vowels. Um, huh. Anyhow, that so, God, right? Um. So we know we know a lot of things about him. Why don't you start on this, Hunter?
0: So, like, I, I think like the easiest way to say it is like omnipresent. Sure. Right. So God is everywhere. God is all-powerful, you know, and God is, you know, and God is outside of time, right? And those are some... So, what's your evidence for him being outside
1: of time? I agree with you, but...
0: Sure. So, he knows things about the future, which is is a pretty weird... uh, which is a weird ability because it basically means that, you know, he knows things that are going to happen that haven't happened yet. And there's two ways to think about that. One is that he... Has a cool little glass ball, and he just kind of sits up there and goes, Yep, the the Hawks are gonna win tomorrow. Or that, you know, possibly he's able to see what's going on because he's able to see what's happening perfectly in the past perfectly today and perfectly in the future at one point
1: right and and there's literally so much there that we don't have time to get into maybe sure. we will in the future because that that writes an episode about determinism which i really love yeah and also a, a fundamental a priori question of whether or not god exists sure. and there's a lot of evidence that can be debated around that topic none of it dispositive but no. of course interesting so For the time being our assumptions are going to be that God exists and he is described accurately in the Bible and we should talk about Daniel
0: right like Daniel's the right place to start here
1: yeah go for it so like and so
0: you have like a couple things that happen in Daniel that are like really cool one one is the prediction about you know the army about uh, the countries that would you know take over and control the world yeah persia persia well babylonians yeah and persia and then the greeks and then the romans right and that's in that dream nebuchadnezzar nebuchadnezzar has about
1: the statue and and the interesting thing about daniel is that it was it was written before it's been historically validated as to have happened before those events so something very peculiar is going on there indeed no one really doubts that right um then, it's strange. Yeah, and and it seems prophetic. The skeptic might say that it was necessarily vague, um, sure. and it's been edited afterwards to kind of fill in the gaps. That's an argument you can have, but there's definitely something interesting going on there. The iron and clay,
0: though, is the weird part, because it's like the Romans are the iron part of that statue, right? Sure. And if you, if that's just working it chronologically. And then, like, what we have today is kind of like What's left over of the Romans You know Yeah like, in, a, in a lot of ways And it's kind of like this weird thing But we don't need to spend too much time That's a really interesting prophecy But that that's kind of like the good bare bones of it And I think you get some other things in Isaiah Like Isaiah 53 is a really good example Of you know A prophecy about christ assume you know presumably and uh i think psalms 21 is good here too where it's david talking about the experience of jesus that he's on the cross right but but then there's also and this is this is a little bit this is less less uh what's the word for it uh obvious i think but they're, like, the second half of Daniel is just weird. Oh, yeah. Like, the last six chapters of Daniel, there's some really strange things that happen. I think it's Gideon, the angel. But uh, I, Daniel, or one of Daniel's followers, is having a dream. And Gideon shows up to him in this dream. And Gideon is one of the angels of the Lord. It could be Michael. I can't remember. Off I the... was going to say Michael, but, but
1: either it, Michael or Gideon.
0: It's either Michael or Gideon. They show up. it doesn't super matter for the context of the story, and they show up and you know David finds out who they are, and David essentially asks Gideon, you know what what are you here for? you know what's going on?" And he says, "Well, I'm fighting the Prince of Persia, right you know I've just come fighting the Prince of Persia, which is some kind of demon that he's referring to, which that's a whole nother thing, you know, angels and demons fighting, okay, putting that in a box to the side to focus on the thing here right is essentially Gideon is having a, a battle with a beast
1: that doesn't exist yet in Daniel's world let, let me let me say it this way because sure, go for it because at the time that Daniel has been dated to have been written sure and also taken in the historical context of you know Nebuchadnezzar the historically verifiable King right Uh the the civilization of Persia doesn't exist as such, or
0: it doesn't it doesn't exist it doesn't exist in any powerful meaningful way. Right, right. Uh, it's a small little. Not baby. that
1: anyone would, and so David wouldn't know. Wouldn't know Persia.
0: Right, but um, but that's the th- so that's why it gets a little weird because here's the thing you can hear that and kind of take it on faith that this is this is ev- this is actually a really strange, somewhat even specific prophecy made during that time. Or, or you can say the other obvious thing is this was written after that happened, and so because the second half of Daniel is kind of strange, it, you know that that's an obvious that's a that's not necessarily a it's a it's a difficult critique to overcome, even if you believe it to be true. Sure, uh, it's not saying that it's not true. It's not saying that it's you know false or anything, but it's like. Yeah, it's kind of hard to disprove that, but it's also kind of impo- it's kind of difficult to prove it as well. So right. so both things are true at the same time, but you know, if we if hindsight's 2020, you could definitely make Daniel 6 make a lot more sense, and there's no way to say that who actually wrote it and when, you know, it could have been anybody. It could have been added there by scribes. It could have been tradition to report it as anyway, you get the point. But if that story is true and if it's Daniel that's actually writing it down, which I
1: think is true. Right. then that is a very, very strange incident to record. And it's important to the topic at hand because it effectively is saying that this angel um, who is similar in in quantum space to where God is because we know that the angels can, can go to this place called heaven to be in the presence of the Lord Yeah. Um, has the ability to travel in time correct effectively yeah have a and, battle in the future and not or, only that well, maybe
0: that's maybe that's the way we talk maybe he's just having a battle
1: right, right? exactly yeah. for him right and we'll we'll jump into that too but so, that, so that's a really great thing to to focus on god is is omnipresent he's um omnipotent and those those characteristics actually marry up really well into the theoretical physical Properties that a god would have to have if one existed. Yeah.
0: So, do we want to go into the science?
1: Uh, a little bit. Yeah. So, or... I'll just I'll just level set a little bit before we go there. Basically, yeah. what we're going to be talking about today, in general, is that God is is a lot different than we we perceive Him to be, and even then we discuss Him to yeah. like like explain Him to be. Yes. He is not this the. He, Loving, goading father, who simply you know looks down on us with with uh, glee and pity. He's actually terrifying, and that doesn't mean he can't love us. It doesn't mean that he doesn't show mercy and show pity for his creation. But he is horrifying. Correct. And when you leave that part out, you shortchange the work that Jesus did on the cross, in my opinion. Which is is uh, unbelievably damaging to I think the type of life that a Christian should be living in that you are minimizing the impact of Christ's redemptive nature on your life. Yeah. So that's that's my fundamental assumption. We're gonna work our way back there. Yeah. But a lot of people you know talk to me about God because I enjoy discussing him. I, I enjoy sharing my faith and I I also you know, spent a lot of time in some very skeptical, very atheistic societies, um, and these people would want to talk about God, and you have to know your stuff to discuss God with mm. people that spend basically their entire life working on disproving him, and that's not an exaggeration. Uh, that's truly the goal of these people, and one of the ways that that you can really speak to them is to speak about the theoretical physical properties of God, and they would. Uh, oftentimes in one of these discussions they'd be like, I don't think that there's a big bearded man in the sky who looks down at me and tells me I've done wrong. I was like, cool here's what you should read then. Go read H.P. Lovecraft. Because H.P. Lovecraft was a very interesting individual and he was quite brilliant and he was a student of physics as well as, um, as a weird cosmic horror author and he took seriously the idea that a being could exist outside of our frame of reference but still in our quote-unquote universe or cosmos right and what that creature would look like and perhaps more interestingly if that creature exists and interacted with humans what those interactions would look like and he he did a very stylized but also patient measured job at explaining that creature it's it's like this how do he wants to write a horror story but while
0: he's writing a horror story, he's taking the question of uh, he's taking the question of a creature existing out of time very seriously. Right. So it's yeah, it's kind of weird. And
1: out of space too. Right. As it, a, some of the actual names of it. the color out of space is one of the name of one of his stories. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, okay. Specifically talking about a creature that we can only perceive um, as as a color that doesn't exist. Uh, it's kind of cool.
0: So why don't we why don't we do this? Why don't we just do the next part of the science problem, okay. which is just space and time. Let's not do string yet. And then let's talk a little bit more HP Lovecraft because I think it'll I think that those two will mesh pretty nicely once we've done that. What do you want to talk about space and time? Now? So, are you familiar I think it's the Oh, I might miss it. I think it's the Hoffalay keaton experiment with the atomic clocks?
1: Yes, yes. Okay, uh, go ahead and good, explain it. Good, good.
0: I'm really happy you are, because I, I, I was poking around at some stuff, and I was like, this is perfect. So, uh, essentially, we should describe what an atomic clock is. Right. An atomic clock is, like, one of the best timekeeping devices ever invented. Like, in, I don't know what the exact thing is, but, like, we're talking thousands of years, it becomes off by, like, a tenth of a second. Right. Like, it's, it's incredible. So, you would imagine... And, you, and they work. They work on the decay of radioactive isotopes. Basically, yes, they do. Uh, you would imagine that if I had one in, you know, uh, Georgia, Atlanta, and someone had one in China, they would match up perfectly and never ever be out of sync. Right. And the strange thing is, you're right, but they're they become out of sync far more frequently than you would suspect. And so, what, basically what that means is, we, we should go into the experiment. So what they did is, they took atomic clocks, they had four of them, and they put they put them on a plane. And they left, they put two, they put, I can't, I don't know the exact specifics, they put some on a plane and they left some, you know, terrestrial, terrestrial. on Earth. They flew around the world uh, eastward and came back one, once around the globe, and when they came back, the clocks that went eastward uh their time had they were essentially behind the clocks that stay terrestrial. So right. if to make it make it make more sense, if the clocks on the ground said ten o'clock, these clocks that went around the world said nine
1: fifty nine. Right. And that's explained very well by Einstein's theory of relativity. Exactly. Which is the speed of light is the only constant. Right. Um, and the speed of light, of course, is made up of, of space and time, meters and seconds. Right. Uh, it remains constant. However, time as it's experienced to an individual from a certain viewpoint, which is why it's relative, because there's multiple relative points of view, can change and basically is a function of velocity. So the clocks in the plane were traveling at a higher velocity and therefore experienced time at a slower pace Correct. to maintain that constancy. And the weird part is you might think like, oh, well that's just
0: because, you know, that that's because they, you know, it's just because they're in the plane maybe something weird. The crazy part is they did the same experiment again, but they flew around westward, which means that They were going against the rotation, and therefore they were actually moving at a slower velocity than the clocks at rest terrestrial. That's all about the rotation of the planet underneath them, right? Right. And the clocks were now faster, so they were 10.01, the
1: ones that went on the plane, which is bizarre. That's the way it works, but it's the way it works because— And this is not—this is not— Fuzzy science. It's no. well documented, and here's the here's the proof. The GPS that is on your phone or in your car that connects to satellites yep. to position itself. Of course, on your phone, oftentimes is using um, triangulation via cell pings. But regardless, the point is that GPS systems have to be ticked down about a quarter of a second per day, or ticked forward. I can't remember which way it is because of their relative speed difference. It's crazy. So so it's not. It is functional that we change the timing of. These devices, based on the speed at which they're traveling.
0: Well, it's it's better. It's it's not only is it known that this is a factor; it's predictable. The increments right. are like we can we have formulas that can get them right every time. And that's the other part about this Keating experiment is not only not only did it change, but they also were able to successfully, before it happened, go it'll
1: change by this much. Right. It, it changed by a predictable amount. So and wild. And so that's based on. Uh, a, the speed of light being a constant, and also the, the consistencies that we see in the universe. So, kind of some background relativity is that the universe is made up of four things, basically. Space, time, matter, and energy. Yep. And then, further building on those four things, there are four types of energy, effectively, in the universe Um, Of course, there's a lot of different kinetic and potential and all that kind of stuff. But at a high level, there's four forms of energy at play. And that is uh, electromagnetic gravity, electromagnetism, gravity, um, and then the weak and strong nuclear forces, the forces between the bonds of uh, different particles. Right. So the universe is effectively made up of those four things. Now, the, the relativistic understanding is that there's conservation of those four elements. Ergo we don't get any more of them. So you have the space time continuum, which is something that they like to say in sci-fi shows but is actually real, in that if space is expanding rapidly right, which we observe it to do, it seems like space is expanding, then when you are in a point of expansion relative to another point that might be more stagnant time will slow down to conserve the equilibrium of that equation right so if you're traveling one step of distance but you're in a space that is spreading out very quickly by the time you get done taking that step you'll have moved a very 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 great distance right if the space is expanding underneath you and you actually are expanding with it the space in your body and so by the time you finish taking that step you've only moved relatively one step but in a But from another vantage point, you might have moved light years. And so time actually slowed down for you while you made that long trip is what relativity tells us. And then additionally, thermodynamics, folks will know this, that mass and energy can't be created nor destroyed. It can only change form. So there's there's the space-time continuum that maintains that equilibrium. And then there's the conservation of, of mass energy. Right. And this is
0: all to explain to you guys why some days feel longer than others.
1: Right, because you're moving, you're moving too fast. Um, so that's not true. That's not true. That's any, a lie. Anyhow, these ideas become even more interesting when you layer God on top of them, right? Because yeah. now, from the Bible, taking it at face value for our purposes, we observe this creature uh, and, and the denizens of this creature that are at least s- similar to him in function existing outside of our space-time continuum right. and this is super important for later in the discussion because there because the space and time interact so uh perfectly in this way so predictably in this yeah. way uh, we can use that tool to observe true things about the nature of reality around us but here's the problem we know that god exists outside of time And because it's conserved, there is a long mathematical proof to this, but basically if something exists out of time, it also exists out of space. It can't exist in one and not the other.
0: Yeah, I think we can, I think we, uh, yeah, yeah. uh, This is probably the best time to bring up uh, Flatland.
1: Well, yeah, so let me say this first. Yeah. So, therefore, you have... A creature that doesn't exist in our timeline—this is evident in the Bible—that mm. means it also doesn't exist in our space. Right. This is what that means: is that it exists in the heavens. Th- th- well, there's somewhere else, yes, right? Exactly. And this is where quantum physics starts to starts to help us out here. It exists somewhere else, and that somewhere else is um, is not governed by our ideas of space and time. Here's the other thing that is really cool: if I am a god, let's say, and I was going to create a world, I would need to create space and time. I can't ha- be existent in that space and time in order to create it. So by logical proof, that entity has to rest outside of the space and time he created. Yep. So uh, we'll get into more of that later. Let's talk about string theory. Ooh,
0: uh, ooh, ooh, and ooh. flatland. Let, yeah, let's let's flatland first, because string theory is going to freak people out. But
1: well, flatland's a nice place to get them in there. Flatland is, is the Basis for string theory. Yes, exactly. So,
0: have you have you read Flatland?
1: The book. Yeah. No.
0: Dude, Flatland is great. Uh, you need to go read Flatland. I know you're going to talk about Flat Man, but Flatland is is a really is a novel about a guy who lives in Flatland. Oh, in
1: Flatland. Yeah.
0: Oh, cool. So, Flatland. Okay, so let me so I, let me start it, and okay. you'll you'll be able to jump in very quickly. So, Flatland is a story about a two dimensional creature. And in his world, everybody is like a square or a triangle, and all all different shapes in between. And there's a bunch of funny stuff about how like that all works. But essentially, they all live on a plane, like on a sheet of paper. So you could you can actually draw this out if you wanted to, you know, like draw a square, draw a triangle, draw them in your mind, however, and then imagine that the only thing that exists in that world is that piece of paper. There's no up, there's no down, except for
1: dimensions along that, pe- along that plane. Right. right, so that would be the bounds of space in, in this world. And, and yep. to be clear, we're talking two dimensions, so perfectly flat. You have, you have length, length flat. and height, let's Link, say. Length and height, that's perfect. And so, you know, if you
0: exist in that space, you know, that means with, you can
1: only see the sides of different shapes. Well, yeah, and that, really you can't see at all. Um, sure, but, but that gets, it gets really complicated. But, but Christopher, we're talking about the
0: novel Flatland, where okay. they can see. Fine. Fair enough. Okay, so the you know you can only see the sides of you know the other shapes, and you can't you don't know how many shapes how many points the other shapes have. You can just see them on the horizon, right? Because you can't you don't have the bird's eye view that we have, right? Um, and uh, and all of that. So you can kind of th- think about that a little bit more. You probably can't hear and things like that. But eventually, in Flatland, Christopher, a a sphere decides to invade Flatland. Cool. Right? Yeah. And so, very strangely, this square is in his home, and this voice comes out from nowhere and starts talking to him. And then the voice appears in the back corner of his living room. But right. only a circle appears.
1: Right. He would only see a circle. So think about it this way. Yeah. If well, you had a piece of paper, that's like me, a plane let, in two dimensions. Let me
0: let me, let me let me let you come in just a
1: little bit later. because well, I know, I know, I they're know. They're not going to understand what we're talking about. I, okay. It's cutting a okay. cross, cross section. Fair just think enough. of it as a cross section. If you had yeah. a plane, like a uh, piece of paper, and you held it up next to a ball, and only the ball that intersected with that plane was in reality, right. you would just see these different circles, right? Right. These cross sections. And then the sphere disappears.
0: Right. and then it appears in another part of his room, right? Because mm-hmm. the, because essentially, you know, it's a three-dimensional object. It can choose to have all of its bu- map. It's in a three-dimensional plane, which means there's now depth involved, right. which means it could be here, or it could be picked up, moved to another place above the two-dimensional plane, and then re-enter the two-dimensional plane.
1: Right, it could, it could move up above it or down below it, and additionally, it could also appear to change size. A really good way to think about this
0: is like a crosswalk, right? Crosswalks aren't exactly a two-dimensional plane, But they only exist in that part of the street, whereas cars are going through them all the time. You know what I mean? You can easily think about it as a two-dimensional plane intersecting with a three-dimensional thing. Sure. And then the sphere, you know, like, touches him, which is strange. Right. And the sphere then begins to describe things about the square to its world that it lives in. Mm -hmm. Right? Because it's now above it, and the sphere can see it just like you would looking down on this piece of paper. All the things about its world, which is very strange... Okay, so, what does that mean? The creature, like we've been talking about this entire time, is outside of the two-dimensional world, space-time,
1: right? Right. It can can leave its space and therefore its timeline. Right. So, the thing that is outside of our space-time
0: has the same ability for us. It's like... If we were you should you should talk about how we look to a fourth dimensional plane. Okay. Yeah. So
1: so yeah. So let's let's talk about this. So we're talking about two dimensions, right? Yeah. So you have you have length and width. Yeah. Um and like Hunter said, not only can things appear to travel in space in a in a two dimensional plane, they can appear to effectively Know things, travel without spending any time because they can blink out of one location and blink into another. It's like location. if you were to
0: put two fingers in the paper at the same time at different points.
1: Right. So it looks like they can just they can just travel instantaneously, effectively. Correct. So uh, that that's interesting. So. Flatland is a subservient dimension to the third dimension that we live in. So, yep. in our dimension, we've added width, and so that's why uh, actually a lot of things work uh, that don't work into in Flatland. In Flatland, you technically can't see, you mm-hmm. technically can't feel, you can't hear because hearing is vibrations that require air, which has volume. You really can't so, build either. Like you can't. You can't build. Like you can't build structures. Right. You can't stack. And, and there's, there's. Of course, it's a theoretical place that's built to increase our understanding of our own dimension by mm. by taking it down to a level that we can abstract from yeah but you might not even be able to you might be able to occupy the same territory as another object because if you think about it when you are looking at a flatlander from above let's say you see a circle right but as it turns towards you when it turns to you it is exactly zero microns thick Mm. so it disappears Mm -hmm. in the third dimension so it's hard to say that there would be any kind of border collision that would occur between those two objects if they went to touch each other it all gets really complicated but thinking saying that you could you could observe in the as a As a member of the second dimension You could observe other two dimensional objects uh, Which could be possible In in some very uh, Very abstract But still low grade situations Like for instance uh, There's a potential that You could experience energy From another object And I mean energy like um, Not necessarily gravity But very possibly electromagnetism and also very possibly uh, weak and strong nuclear force, they would behave a little differently but that's neither here nor there the point is that um, you would observe a three-dimensional object in that realm as being able to also change its size and shape so now you abstract up to the third dimension where you add in uh, you add in width or height, whichever one you're not talking about at the moment um, and you have you know, three-dimensional shapes like humans or cubes or actual spheres things like that, well the world, and this is now we're talking about proven science, science that we observe. Yep. Um, the world is a three-dimensional space moving through a path, and the pathway is fourth-dimensional time. Yeah. Right. And so, one way to think about well, the different the different dimensions are that they come in threes. Right? They come in pairs of three The first dimension is a line It connects two points The next dimension is a plane You add in another axis And now you can you can see things on the plane Right. Uh, then the third dimension would be a cube But that cube is traveling across an initial line Just like we had the line in the first dimension It's traveling across from point A to point B And that is time And time moves linearly Just like someone would move linearly in the first dimension. You know, there would only be one way to go, and that's forward, right? Uh-huh. S- same as the same is true of time as we experience it in the third dimension, traveling through the fourth dimension. So it is theorized that a fourth dimensional creature, if one could exist, for one, like we talked about with the Flatlander, their senses would be entirely different than ours. Correct. Right? But also, that if they were looking at you, um, they would see something like a grotesque, undulating snake going from Birth. Going from birth to death. Right. This is also quite possibly how they would look to each other. They would look like these creatures. Of course, they would have the opportunity to to travel in some pretty peculiar ways, which is kind of amazing. And that we'll get into that with the theoretical fifth dimension. But um, they would they would see you as this this continuous uh, loop because they wouldn't only see you as your physical shape. We have third dimensional eyes, so we see three dimensional shapes. They would have. "Quote unquote fourth dimensional eyes so they would see not only the three dimensional shape but also the fourth dimensional actions of that shape e.g. what you do over time as that shape that you are and so it's, it's really interesting and that's probably what they would look like as well in that, in that idea of vision so here's the really cool thing and we're going to have to leave it there unfortunately because well, we're coming to the end of the show yeah we're going to need to do a part two but here's the thing that you're going to take away we'll get back to cross sections next week but but we exist in the fourth dimension, but we don't see in the fourth dimension. Right. We exist as these creatures, like these undulating snakes that are the sum of all of our actions from birth to death. We have three-dimensional eyes, so we see each other in cross-sections. Correct. That is incredibly important. When I, like, I'm looking at Hunter in the driver's seat right now. I'm not seeing Hunter. I'm seeing a cross-section of fourth-dimensional Hunter that we sliced at the time that is now. Right. That's a lot.
0: And he's also going to see Brad Pitt in a minute. Too because that's
1: because you kind of look like Brad Pitt,
0: yeah. Is it working? No, okay, I tried. Um, um so hold on, so let, let's, let's 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 do them a favor. Let's not say let's that much, no more. <laughs> okay, so we, we let's give you guys like the bullet points. If, you're, if your head is spinning a little bit, here, here's the big takeaways, right? One, God is outside of space and time, space and time have to do, ha- are very closely related. Where you at really determines your time. To- a third dimensional creature interacting in a two dimensional world provides some very strange physics. Right. We see each other in cross sections of our fourth dimensional lives. And God is outside of that
1: fourth dimension. Right, because he create. well, we could say he created that fourth dimension. If he exists as such, he would if have he had to have created such. that fourth dimension. Correct. So... So here's the interesting part, Uh, and we'll just we'll just leave it here. Okay, God exists somewhere in the fifth dimension or higher. You might not know what that means. Uh, We're going to get into it next week, but that's kind of the first piece of what God is. God is is supra fourth dimensional. Man, I love it. It's fun stuff, that's fun stuff, dude. And the I know we didn't get to very any like bombshell implications, but the implications of this when you start when you get there and start peeling it back, they are amazing. And the watered down God that they sell you at Sunday school sucks. And here's the crazy you want fifth dimensional God, trust here's, me.
0: Here's the crazy part about everything we just said like everything except for the part about Daniel, you could find in a science textbook today. Which is like that's right. That's this is where people are talking about how our world is built together. Now they don't blame. They don't say a God made and all that, but they say this is how our world is put together. And it's like really. So it's like, just so you know, like, a lot of the stuff you heard is like, at the beginning is like you know Bible stories, but like these Bible stories are strangely fitting very well with how we're how we're beginning to describe the universe
1: as such. Right. And so and we didn't really get into anything theoretical today. No. But we talked we talked pretty realistically. But but yeah, Hunter's points well taken that this is verified observable science applied to God. Yeah, Um, so far. So if you believe he exists as such and you believe that he made you rational and, you know, he says, seek me earnestly and you will find me. If you're seeking with the tools that he gave you, your your ability to observe and repeat A.G. science, then this is things that we can assume safely about him. And then next week. We'll blow some minds.
0: You can follow us at Carl Pulling. You can email us at carlpooling at gmail.com. I'm EmotionalCarl on Twitter.
1: Good God. Chris is ex-Chris Carl on no, Twitter. No, we'll I'm see- not. I'm Chris. You
0: know? No, Chris. He's that. This is Carl Pulling. Get out of the backseat, losers.
1: What the hell is that? i it. the show.